Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today in Yarmouth, Maine. We're going to hear Why Whisper, which is intriguing. We'll find out about that in a moment. River Ridge Farms, Vermont's recreation lover's dream. It's a gorgeous vacation rental nestled in the Green Mountains of Vermont. River Ridge Farms is an escape to everything wonderful that Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of fields with mountain views, pasture, a pond, a tree-lined river frontage. Go out and enjoy just a beautiful spot right in the heart of the Green Mountain State. Along with the multiple nearby ski and mountain resorts, breweries, biking trails, hiking trails, snowshoe trails... There are other tourist activities as well, but this spot is really unique due to its multiple mountain views and the resident farm animals. So when you call up or make your appointment to go and stay out there, talk to the owner and the host, Diana, about interacting with the pets, uh, specifically the pigs, because the pigs just love to be pet. Ask my grandson. He went out there two and a half years old and had the time of his life petting pigs. But if you don't want to do that, just a, a nice farm stay in a real comfortable modern farmhouse that sleeps up to 11 guests easily there's enough space there to throw an event like a new year's eve party or wedding reception retirement party or just relax and rejuvenate in the beautiful vermont landscape check out river ridge farms they're on facebook by searching river ridge farms jeffersonville because there's a lot of river ridge farms out there so you have to say river ridge farms jeffersonville or through airbnb river ridge farms vermont's recreation lovers dream and not that far from Maine. How about that? How about that for a segue, huh? <laughs> so so our guests, uh, Lee Stearns, right? Correct. Lee Stearns and Vanessa Vig? Vig you. Yeah. And the band is called the band is called Why Whisper. So why whisper, Lee? Why why name a band why whisper? That's Vanessa question. Oh, Vanessa, okay. <laughs> well when We've got a great meetup story, but I'll get right to how we named the band. We both had been in bands uh, for, you know, me a few years and Lee quite a few years. And one of the things that always seemed to take a lot of time to reach consensus on is what the heck are we going to call ourselves? So we kind of sat in a room and gave ourselves a time limit of 15 minutes and said, let's throw out your best ideas. And we landed on Why Whisper? And uh, we love it. And and what is Why Whisper? What is the band? What does it consist of, Lee? Uh, it's myself, Vanessa, and Jack. Jack Barrett's a guitar player. We have played with mm -hmm. us. Sometimes we do a trio. Sometimes we do a duo. Every once in a while, a rare gig, we'll have a drummer. Oh, okay. And you play just in the main area? Yeah, so southern Maine. Yeah. Southern Maine, okay. You ever cross over to like uh, what's the big seafood fest at the end of the season down in uh, uh, New Hampshire? No, we haven't done that. The festivals that we're playing are uh, uh, the Yarmouth Clam Festival. Oh, okay. And we we do the Porch Fest in Portland. If you've ever heard of Porch Fest, I, I was this this year years old when I heard about that. <laughs> that sounds so cool. That sounds so cool. much fun. And yeah, so. It's, it's, 
What is that for for those that don't know what it is? Explain what the Porch Fest is. So, uh, Porch Fest is is in a neighborhood in in Portland where they have all these great old Victorians, and there was a woman that moved. Uh, she, she moved from uh, Ithaca and and got in the neighborhood around you know that particular neighborhood around you know, during high school and and Leland Street and all these great Victorians and. Um, She's like, well, do you have a porch fest here? And everyone's like, huh? And they had a porch fest in Ithaca, so she started a porch fest. And it's a real yeah, there about 65 bands all in one day, all on all these different porches. They completely shut the neighborhood down. So it's just a really fun deal. And and people are literally setting up and playing on porches, right? Correct. Yeah. Or driveways or but most front yards or whatever yeah front yards but mostly these big you know one side of the house to the other side of the house porch or a wraparound porch or just you know these gorgeous porches front porches in these old victorians it's a really wonderful thing and so that's how you got started or that's just one of the things you're doing no it's uh it's like uh <laughs> one of my friends had reached out to me saw me playing solo at a uh, at a friend's backyard party that I play every year and from, you know, people I went to high school with. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, you should come play on my porch at Porch Fest. It'd be great exposure for you. I'm like, okay, exposure's not a really good word every time. Especially at somebody's house. Yeah, exposure means I, I'm exposing myself to do free gigs or do a gig for do or trio for, you yeah. know, 75 bucks or whatever. So it's not always great. I mean, what's good about it is you get to see a lot of different bands. People get to see when they will come to your shows. We did get a radio show from uh, Local Motives. The, the woman that was the producer for that show saw us at Porch Fest and, well, you have to come on my show. Sure. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. So it's, it's just a really good event. It's a great event. And Vanessa, so what's uh, what's your pedigree? How did you get, like, how long have you been doing music? And what do you do? What do you play? What are you sing? <laughs> how much time do we have, Tom? Go. Give me the short version. Um, I would say I've been I've been singing my, my whole life. I grew up in a really large, blended family with some really musically gifted parents. Um, so we were just always singing and I had three brothers and a sister and if you didn't find the harmony you didn't have a part so it was kind of just how we grew up in long car rides Uh, we Mm. didn't have money to get on airplanes and stuff so you know I've been singing for a while and uh, in my 20s I just was kind of feeling I was missing something and I uh, was like you know I think I want to join a band so I I, I found a band sometime in my 30s and, you know, stayed with them for a little bit, just doing vocals. And um, they were a little bit farther uh, from Portland for me. So just with my family and everything, it was tough to commit. So I took some time off a um, couple of years and I was like, I was missing it again. So I reached out to a, a Facebook post for some local jam session yeah. in Portland and just some random guy's house that was basically like, hey, any musicians want to come play music? And I messaged, I said, yeah, that sounds cool. And as I'm driving there, I realized 
this might not be the safest thing for a single woman to be going to do. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, after, after like, all the, I'm, like the Craigslist scams and stuff about. Yeah, I'm like, I'm starting a Lifetime original movie documentary. Oh my gosh. And I called my friend and I said, hey, I'm, I'm driving up to this house and I'm supposed to be meeting these random strangers to play music. And lo and behold, I, I get to one of these old Victorians and I can hear music coming from the, the inside and I, I see people moving about and I, I go inside and lo and behold I, I met Lee there. It was actually his first time responding to that. Um oh, no yeah, we played played for a couple hours. Actually met another friend there, um, Dave Stone. Uh he was one of our, our founding members of Why Whisper. He actually just recently passed away. Um gosh, two weeks ago. Oh my gosh. Oh. I'm going to get choked up. Um, yeah, but we, uh, anyways, we, we started our three piece and um, I was singing, Lee was singing, Lee and Dave were playing guitar. Um, I had a bass that I had bought from a friend because I thought it was beautiful. And Lee was like, you've got music in your blood. You can learn how to play. And Lee's been teaching me basically bass lines. So now I, I play bass in the band too. And now we have we have Jack in our band for the past couple of years. So um yeah, that's been my origin to to get me here. I think it's been a lifelong kind of journey, but the last five years have been just an absolute uphill, beautiful whirlwind um, yeah. to get us Yeah. So uh obviously you didn't know each other so you can corroborate and write new music on the spot, did you? You did covers? Yeah, we did a, we did a lot of covers, but I um, I knew that Lou, that Lee had had written quite a quite a bit of stuff, and he played some at that jam session. And he actually he played a song. It was "Say Hello," and I I was like, man, that is awesome song. Who who is that from? I I don't have a huge musical background, um, but I, when I heard a good song, I, I I thought that must have been somebody famous wrote that. And and Lee was like, oh, I, that's mine. Um, and I was like, wow, we can actually probably do some writing together. I, I don't consider that I write songs. I write basically poems. I've got mm -hmm. dozens of them, and I, I kind of give them to Lee, and he asks how my feeling is about the song and how like the tone I want from it, and he will work his magic and come back with, you know, this is what he hears, and, and play it back to me, my poem. Um, that's how we. That's gotta be cool. That's gotta be it. cool. Beautiful. Lee, what's your what's your songwriting process? In this case, she's it basically Vanessa's the lyricist, right? Yeah, I, I. I mean, you write you it, write lyrics too. I'm sure. I come at it from two ways. So you know, uh, someone will give me a lyric and they'll say, "Oh, you're a guitar player and you're you're doing gigs," and they'll give me a lyric, and I'll look at the lyric if it clicks. It just starts coming out. The music comes out, the melody comes out, you know, and I'll just refine it for a week or so, and then I'll play it to the person. We'll talk about it. When I write a song of my own, uh, it just kind of invades me at night. <laughs> <laughs> some, some event will happen, like, for instance, say hello. A couple of my neighbors got divorced, and they lived about two houses away from me. They've since moved. Um, they've all moved out of the house um, and out of town, but 
no one thought they would get divorced. And we all worked at the same place. And so we were away for the weekend coming back. And my friend was like, okay, we're going to get divorced. And I'm like, you guys are getting divorced? Oh, no. It just, there's a shocker. So that was on a Sunday, Tuesday at 1 o'clock a.m. My song wakes me up in my head, you know, back in the day. Yeah. So there I go. And, this, you know, that was a divorce song. You know, um, so there's some inspiration, but in the case of like, you know, can't say or burn, it's, I just read the lyrics and, um, the melody and the, the chord progression just comes out to me. That's amazing. I, I've referenced one of my songwriters I've interviewed here who gives herself 30 minutes when she wants to write a song. And if she doesn't write it in 30 minutes, she's done. Wow. So that's it. Goes on to something else. And then I got another woman that will pick up her phone, for example, and say, Honolulu Boogie or something. And that's it, you know, and some another time right down on the back of a matchbox, uh, love is all you need or whatever. And then when it's songwriting time, she writes, grabs all these scraps of paper, all these napkins and receipts, whatever she's written things on and says, well, this goes with that and, and puts them all on the dining room table and starts matching things up to come up with her lyrics. I'm like, you people just blow me away. You know, I have a hard <laughs> enough time, you know, staying on one, four, five, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and there was a, one lady I talked to last week. Uh, and was, it's so funny because I was talking to her. I said, I don't know how you guys write this stuff. Where do you come up with the, the words? How do you come up with the idea? And the first line on one of her songs was, how do those songwriters come up with those lines? <laughs> It, it helps when you have somebody like Vanessa that can give you some inspiration and some direction with lyrics, right? Absolutely. And so let's flip that then, Vanessa. Do you ever hear a song that maybe Lee's put some music to and thought, well, I thought it was going to go a different direction. And then now that you're playing bass, especially, maybe say, what if we did it this way instead <laughs> and and reinvent the newly invented wheel? Have you ever done that? Yeah. One, one that clearly comes to mind is is the song we did uh, called Burn. And I, I'm i a runner, um, at long distance, so I'm often out for, for hours. Um, mm -hmm. And I wrote Burn. I was going through something in my life, and it, it, the words came to me. Again, it's more poem-ish. I, I yeah. I'm terrible with bridges. None of the stuff I write has a bridge, so I always need <laughs> leave for that. But I, something came to me. It's very emotional, and I turned on my voice recorder on my phone, and I said the words that I wanted in the song, and then I, I stopped recording, and then I, I came back home, typed it up, and that's what I provided to Lee. Actually, I'd done that recording years before I had uh -huh. actually given the, the lyrics to Lee. And he took it and he wrote the song and we played it out and people loved it. People actually covered it. We have a lot of oh, wow. down here. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that, that liked the song and it was really cool. It was very fast, very upbeat. Mm -hmm. And that's how we played it. And then we got into studio down here in Portland to do our, our, um, our EP and, I was like, you know what? What if we what if we slow this down and change the tone of the song? And now "Burn" is a very melodic, sad kind of pull you along song. The lyrics haven't changed at Isn't that all. Amazing, but yeah. 
yeah, we just, I don't know, hearing it, it was just kind of, we're sitting there on the couch, you know, going before we get into the, into the booth. And it was like, let's, let's kind of change this up. And hearing it in that, I actually love both versions, but hearing it in that way, then that change of tone changes the entire delivery of the song and really actually speaks to the, the intent I had when I made that recording. And that's been years of process with me and Lee, sometimes working on it and then putting it on the show. Yeah. Um, that was a process of over like three, really three years. Really? Like played three it years. out. And about two weeks before we went into the session, she started thinking about it and saying, you know, maybe we should play that a little slower. But then, uh-huh. then we got in, you know, in, 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 in the studio with a producer. And when you're with a producer, all of a sudden they start to, you know, really, you know, give you a lot of ideas and a lot of inspiration. So right. we slowed it down. We played with the tempo or way around. And, but then it was funny. We were all kind of singing the same harmony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just because it was so slow, you could, you know, all of that, all the vocals really came out and just, wow, they came out amazing. I was blown away. It was great. Now, you don't have CDs out yet, do you, or do you? Yeah, we do. You do? Okay, because I, I was looking at my notes. I didn't see one released, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm, well, Salo's out on um, all streaming platforms. So Okay. So it's like... Where I'm going with that was that if you've released a CD, I've seen this with other artists do similar things, where they record this version and the other version and have it on the same CD. Have you, have you done that or have you thought of that? No, but if I did a solo, I'd do it the other way. Oh. <laughs> I'd do it the fast <laughs> way. And then there'd be two of them out there. And I'd probably, that, that's a good idea. I'd probably include both versions. In my solo show, I actually do a, uh, I'm a fan of Lieber and Stoller. So I do the big Mama Thornton version of Hound Dog. And then oh, I really? do the Elvis, then I do the Elvis version right after it. How funny. People that's go, an huh? interesting, interesting combination. I, yeah. I've got a friend of mine that does a really slow ballad of Billie Jean, you know. Oh. I do too. Yeah, like uh, and and I, I liken it to uh, uh, the Civil Wars. His version the is kind of like Wars. the Civil Wars yeah. version of it, and it's just really cool because it really it's fun because people don't see it coming, you know. And all of a sudden, like, wait, wait, what? Wait, what? What? <laughs> Watching that click, and then your your song has notoriety to the point where the people are covering it, to, so to hear a different version of it, or or those two different songs. Was it Say Hello you said people are covering, or was it uh, Burn that you said people are covering? Burn. Well, so- well, no, no, say hello, but people are covering that, too. Well, speaking of Say Hello, that's the first song I have on my list. So, uh, Lee, you wrote that in its entirety? I wrote that in its entirety, yeah. So in tell me about 20, that. In about 20 minutes. Well, that was the one where, you know, the name Oh, that's, yeah, okay, yeah, right, sorry. One o'clock in the morning, the song nags me, gets me out of bed. I write it down. I figure the chords out, do the melody. Next day, I go into work and play it to another friend of mine who was giving me lyrics. And he's like, wow, that's amazing. So, you know, we just kept, he kept giving me lyrics and everyone kept giving me lyrics and all these songs just kept coming out. So that was, you know, probably two years into that progression. Wow. Well, that's the first song on my list. That's the first song we're going to listen to here. So the, the band is called Why Whisper from Yarmouth, Maine, and the song is called Say Hello. 
song is called Say Hello. The band is Why Whisper from Yarmouth, Maine, here on the Music of America podcast. Hey, bass players, the bag. It's a high-quality leather gig bag family of products that are handmade in the United States with the finest craftsmanship and a beautiful, sophisticated, and very cool overall appearance. They're made of some of the finest quality leather and cushion available and meant to last a lifetime, literally. They have over 30 years' experience in the leather industry. They're extremely proud to introduce this whole line of gig bags targeted to the skilled professional as well as the fun-seeking novice. 
Their hope is that you will love the bags as much as they do. The bag from Tony Vaughn Bass Bags. Tony Vaughn, a bass player out of Boston. www.tonyvaughn.com. Check out the bag. Hint, hint, Vanessa, the bag, bass, you know. <laughs> I took it. <laughs> Have you, uh, he's not that far. Tony Vaughn plays in Boston all the time. He's a big, uh, or regionally known bass player. Have you guys crossed paths with him at all? No. no. And I, I, I always like to joke too, you know, like I alluded to, I, I, I bought the bass that I own because I thought it was beautiful. Uh-huh. I, I learned play. I learned to play piano um, in my earlier years, um, but I never played guitar. I never played bass. And when Lee saw it, he was like, you got to learn how to play this thing. It's very, uh-huh. I'll just tell you the notes to play. And because I played piano, I know where the notes belong on the neck. Uh-huh. I just don't know all of the fancy things that bassists talk about. So I like to always say, I can play bass, but I am not a bassist. Like I do not right. consider myself a bassist at all. I aspire to be one one day. But there is oftentimes gigs where, you know, Jack and Lee will say, one of them will start playing a song that I'm familiar with. We did this with Blue on Black, Kenny Wade Shepherd. They're yeah. like, do you know the song? I was like, yeah, I know the song for sure. And Jack just leans over and he's like, these are the notes. There's like four or five notes. He's like, the bridge is at. I'm like, great. And if I know where to come in, then we can do that. So our gigs are often so fun. Even when we're doing covers, we're uh, kind of experimenting and exploring at the same time. Yeah. Um, and especially with me on bass, I would say Lee and Jack are polished, polished musicians. I feel like I'm just along for the ride hoping I don't muddle it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny you say because I say the same thing. I've, I've got over 20 guitars and I tell people I can play guitar, but I am not a guitarist, you know? Yeah. And I, I absolutely get what you're saying because I, I know where the notes are and I can strum and I can find my place around. I can even do some stuff in, in the pentatonic scale that doesn't sound sloppy sometimes, <laughs> you know, but, but, don't you dare put me in the deep water with the sharks, you know. <laughs> I have Lee, too much I, respect for them. <laughs> Lee, I, I get that you are more much more accomplished than Vanessa and I as a uh, playing musician. So what is your instrument of choice, your guitar of choice, your rig of choice? Um, acoustically, I, I really like Takamini's on stage or... My what I'm playing now is a Godin A6, which is a an acoustic electric guitar. It's got a pickup in it. Um, uh, it's just a great guitar. It's it sounds great. It's got great tone. And I actually play. We'll play that right into a PA, and it blends really nicely. Or sometimes I it's got an electric output and acoustic output, so I'll go into any kind of tubing if I can find to, for the electric side. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like Martin Sexton and Steve Stevens play those uh, A6s. They're quite popular with um, a lot of different players. Um, electric uh, depends on, it really depends on the gig. Yeah. Uh, for instance, Can't Say was done with a, a Taylor um, SP, solid body electric, which they don't make anymore, but it just is perfect for that. Um, really? Say Hello and Limoncello were done on the A6 in a studio. So it's pretty versatile guitar. 
I, I like the fact that you say you own 20 guitars because now I don't feel so guilty. <laughs> well, you know what the, the joke is? You know how many guitars a guitar player needs? One more. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So I said that to a guitar player once. He says, well, I'll give you one better. He says, what's the best guitar you've ever played? The last one you bought, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they're always incrementally better. Now, when I buy a guitar, and this, I learned this from a friend of mine, don't buy it because you like it. You got to buy it because you love it, you know. And I have bought guitars that I liked and had to take them back. And I have yeah. bought guitars that I love that I still have, you know. So there's a lot to that, too. I've got, uh, so I've got, I'm building a studio in Missouri. It's where I originated from. And then I moved here to Vermont. So I've got a, like a Paul Reed Smith and a half a dozen acoustics up here. But down there, I've got another Paul Reed Smith. I got my Les Paul. I got my Strat. I got my Tele. And then I have my line of acoustics. I've got a Takamini. You know, I've got a, a Yari, Alvarez Yari 12 string. I've got a Dean. I've got all my acoustics. And that's my collection. These are just what I have up here. But if, if right. this family ever meets that family down there, look out, uh -oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> who do you who do you like to play when you're just sitting around playing, not trying to create anything? You just want to play along with somebody, either of you. Like if you want to just sit around and jam or play music or sing or whatever, who do you listen to or who do you play along with a lot? Vanessa? Oh, this one's tough. Um, again, I'm not as I'm not as accomplished to to sit around and like play my bass. Um, but uh, what I didn't share is that I, I actually bought a Stratocaster probably 15, 16 years ago, just so I could learn chords. Yeah. So that at least I actually do sit around and just sometimes strum around. Um, I am a child born in the late seventies. So my musical influences are really more into like the early mid nineties. So a yeah. lot of, a lot of kind of grunge. Um, I loved the cranberries, Dolores already. And I, I loved her just that whole vibe. Um, Weezer, like a lot of kind of like those sounds mm -hmm. and very easy songs, like four chord songs. Um, and that's just personally what I, what I love to, to listen to and, and jam out to. I would say I do more, just kind of singing along with the radio. I'll have yeah. radio blasting more than I'll have a guitar or a bass in my hand. Um, and will you, will you listen more to music of the 90s or will you listen to today's music when you're singing along? It's usually of either, so it's two camps. It's either of the 90s because that really spoke to me or mm. the music that I grew up on. So sometimes I'll go way back. Again, like with my family, we listen to a lot of folk, a lot of early rock so you know neil young mm -hmm. csny peter paul and mary was in my house all the time but again i was blended so i had another side of my family that had queen blasting and really? acdc and so i tend to not really go too far out of the mid 90s um i'm always interested in finding new and interesting music i have tended to find that more with local musicians than somebody i kind of like find on the on the radio i've been in this thing on spotify lately first time for whatever reason i've fallen down the rabbit hole called the beatles and i can't get out all right <laughs> and then the other ones are uh I'll i've been listening a lot to neil young and bob dylan covers on spotify yeah. which is really cool because i mean there's some really really great music 
and then to have it re-identified or reinterpreted or, you know, reimagined. That's a lot of fun. Lee's over there nodding, you know, so Lee, Lee, who do you listen to when you, you want to sit around and just jam with somebody and there's nobody to jam with. Who do you put on your your uh, your iPhone or your Android or whatever? Well, I listen to, uh, believe it or not, there's three songs by Greg Alexander I listen to a lot. Um, Game of Love, which we play. Um, and um, what was the other mall song you had there? You Get What You Give. That's a great song. And they're, they're like very like 90s, 2000, like super pop. Uh-huh. But he wrote a song called Lost Stars, and I've been watching people do covers of that because it's not like pedestrian to do Adam Levine or Greg Alexander because they have these amazing falsettos. And, and Greg Alexander is like six foot five. So you see a guy that big doing that kind of falsetto just blows your doors off. But I saw a Brazilian woman doing Lost Stars, and it's just incredible. Lost yeah. Stars is a theme song from Begin Again. Right, right. Well, Kira, Kira Knightley does does it well. She doesn't do falsetto, and so when I try and cover that, I try and follow her because there's no way I could do. I mean, my voice was like this. There's no way I could do a falsetto like Adam Levine. <laughs> yeah, you know? Adam, Adam Levine. <laughs> I, I one of my all time favorite movies, by the way. Beginning. Oh, of. really? Ah, one of my all time favorites. Good, good movie. Just a fabulous song. I mean, they won a Grammy for it. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, scenes, and not to, not to go down. A road, but since you brought it up, uh, when Mark Ruffalo first walks into the bar and he just left his job and he's already hammered or whatever, but he looks up on the stage and he's imagining full orchestration and she's just up there singing her heart out with a, an acoustic guitar, but he hears the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to be that guy, <laughs> you know? I can't do that. I can't, but that's what I want to do. <laughs> I can't do that. I can do a lot of parts, but not the whole. I don't have that kind of brain. I, I really like the song, If I Fell. I love the harmony to that, the Beatles song. I used uh-huh. to play in the band I was in. I'd really like to do that with um, Vanessa sometime, someday. A bunch of songs I'd like to sing with her. I can't remember them all right now. Right now, I really like the song, the Toto song, Hold the Line. And I'm learning how to play the piano, and I just figured out that really? whole line riff. <gasps> Dude, you Who gotta come up. To, you gotta come up to Vermont and jam with me sometime because every oh, song you have said are songs that I love or want to do. You know, that's yeah. an invite. I heard that's an invite. I heard an invite. Hey, Vermont Burlington is one of the best kept secrets in terms of music cities in the world. I swear. I mean, Fish came out of here, uh, yeah. oh, that, yeah. and that's the big claim. Big claim to fame is that Fish came out of here and. uh but the musicians, it's a college town. So the musicians that come in here are the guys that are, you know, taking nine hours a semester and the rest of the time they're, you know, smoking yes. the devil's cabbage and sitting in their room, <laughs> you know, picking away on their Martins or whatever. But some incredible, incredible music comes through this town. Yeah, David Kyle Roberts lives up there. No kidding. I didn't know. I, okay. Yeah, he comes down here and plays in Portland and he's got a farm up there in northern Vermont. He's a great singer songwriter. Grace Potter was from up here. Oh, she was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. she's wild. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite bands I met up here, I thought, I saw them playing in Portland, but I thought they were from Portland, but they're actually from New Hampshire, I think, but the Soggy Po Boys. Okay. Dixieland Jazz Band, and uh, they had a residency in Portland uh, this past summer. They had a gig at an outdoor park, like every first Friday or whatever it was. 
and they they do like the old old and uh uh Stu, the lead singer's got a louis armstrong type voice and it's so rich and so pure and so good uh they came through here first time i saw them the jazz fest in in burlington my first jazz fest up here eight years ago or whatever and they're out on church street a five seven piece orchestra band whatever they're just standing outside playing outside on church street man like this is so cool. That's that cool. really got me going. So, yeah. Hey, you guys get up here for sure. Because uh, when, once you've played Vermont, I think you want to come back. Everybody I've talked to said once they played here, they all want to come back. You know. And yes, Sounds that was good. an invite, Vanessa. So Thank you. <laughs> so the next song we're going to play, uh, Can't Say We Didn't Try. Is that a corroboration then? Yes. That's Earlier, it's... Uh, my my music and then we we change things around in in the studio a bit um so yeah it just came out we started working with a producer and you know changed the song into what we wanted we we had actually we're playing it live we just you know weren't comfortable with the arrangement so uh -huh. got around a producer he did um, Acadia Studios, Todd Hutchinson, he really helped us out a lot with that song. Why don't you try this? Bingo. Done. Isn't that amazing? Having yeah. a good producer is a good producer is like having a great band member, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just sit it's there like and say that, it's like that feeling when you're you've read a paragraph a million times and you're just like, I'm just not getting it. And you, you kind of beat your head against the wall and you, you just, you got to turn away from it for a second and turn it over to somebody else. Yeah. And we just kind of said, you know, what are we missing? And his feedback was just what we, we couldn't see. I think because we were so close to it and been trying so hard on it, we just had to step back and he gave his honest. And that's opinion. the best gift a producer I think has, man. He's yep. Because you're you're all into it like this, yeah. and he's the one that sits there and says the emperor has no clothes. That's right. You know? Amazing. Why whisper is the band from Yarmouth, Maine, and the next song we're going to play here is "Can't Say We Didn't Try." So far, but I 
Can't say we didn't try. Why Whisper from Yarmouth, Maine? And I'm your host, Tom Pollard, here on the Music of America podcast. You know, we've all done this, right? You find the perfect tone you're looking for, and then like a club owner comes up and says, ah, you know, you're a little loud. Can you turn it down or something? So you have to change everything you spent the last hour or two trying to achieve. You know, that tone, that special sweet spot where everything works. Well, introducing the Lexi from Landry Amps. The Lexi is a 100-watt amp that has at its core a vintage plexi circuit. The Lexi has a rhythm crunch channel and a boosted lead channel. It has digital reverb, a tube buffered effects loop, depth control, and an awesome voice switch. It has considerably more gain than a plexi does, but at volumes ranging from a whisper all the way to concert volume, but it's designed to be played at those lower volumes. So you get that high-level tone at a low volume. It's really cool. The two channels each share their own gain and master volume control, but they share the EQ, which I think is probably the key to it, but I'm not a Latin amp guy. I'll leave that up to Bill Landry. You can check out his amps and all the stuff that he has to talk about at his YouTube channel, and you really get a sense of the tone that the Lexi and other amps that he produces can do for you, or just check them out at Landry Amps, www.landryamps.com. There's a Side story about that I'll tell you about off off mic about Kansas and the Landry amp that I think you would appreciate, Lee. But the, the next song we're going to do here is uh, Lemon Cello. And off mic, I said, so what is it about a clothing store or whatever about the store? And then Lee chimed in and goes, well, there's a story to that song. So I'm going to shut up here and uh, have you and Vanessa tell me the story behind Lemon Cello. So we had a, a residency at a, at a place in Portland. Uh, Cole's Bayside. We were there for a couple of years every Thursday. and It's the kind of place where some of the servers liked it so much, they come back on Thursday night and hang out and party and listen to us. Well, they got into this tradition of buying us chocolate cake shots. So every set they buy us in their shots. So we drink the shots and then we buy them around and they buy us around. That would go on. It was so got interesting. So one night I just started writing a song about it, but chocolate cake shot really didn't roll off the tongue very good. So it turned into, <laughs> turned into limoncello in my crazy brain, you know, and I'm just singing the song to myself, you know, again at, you know, two o'clock in the morning. Right. Uh, you know. That's a, that's a scramble. That's and a scramble. So oh, go ahead. Sorry. It goes on, and, and we, we get it together, and I teach it to those guys. I mean, and we don't really rehearse it. We just show up at the gig, and I go, okay, play this and play that. And they'll just start playing it with me. And, and then pretty soon, all these this is crew of people, 10 or 12 people, they're singing it, and they're going <laughs> nuts. And one of the, one of the you know, fans, one of the crew, got up, and he started singing it. So we started giving him the mic and every show he'd sing it. <laughs> Vanessa, tell him about Dan dancing. Oh, yeah, that was, I got I do have to give a plug, man. That Cole's residency was just so awesome. And yeah. the, the servers were great. Like we had, we had such a great family there. And a lot of that was during the time where we were just out of storming and we were forming. So we had mm-hmm. like kind of gone through a lot of like the, the early kinks and then we were just like, I think that the, the pulse of having that Thursday residency, we weren't yeah. even practicing anymore. 
it was like Thursday is the night and we're going to give everything that we have. And yeah. sometimes we'll try new stuff. We'll throw things at each other and uh, <laughs> yeah, bring people up on stage. And <laughs> what sticks? Well, yeah, what yeah, sticks? And I think the, the most fun thing about being with these three guys is there is no, we have no ego, mm -hmm. not even between the three between the three of us but collectively like i can't tell you how many times we'll end the song we kind of look at each other and we're like well i guess that's how we're gonna end this song tonight because <laughs> one of us is going off the rails noodling for 10 more minutes than we've ever practiced before but we're just all following along and kind of playing with the audience if the audience is up and dancing and they're into it that's one song can last a super long time um, it's just, it's been, it's, it's, that's been such an awesome part of, of our trio here with, with Neely and Jack and yeah, Coles has been awesome. And that, that song, Lemoncello, every time we sing it, when we're not around those people that we really wrote it for, I still think about them and the spirit of it. And that's, yeah. I think, I mean, that's why I do this, right. Is to connect with people and create something like that. And kudos to Lee for coming up with another great song that, you can't get out of your head. <laughs> so how long was your residency and when did it stop and will you go back? Well, we, we had a, we had a gig recently there. I have a solo gig there in November huh. or no, no, I have, I it, it's in October, so we won't talk about it. So, okay. but I think we'll be back there in the summer, maybe a couple times throughout the, the winter, depending on how things are. Uh, they started doing like solo solo people on Wednesdays, so he's asked me to do a few solos throughout the winter. When you so, stopped your residency, did you stop it because you agreed to only do like X number of dates or No, they just I think it had run its course. You know, okay. it, it just kind of wears out and yeah. the crowd gets at first there, you know, you're drawing a huge crowd and then all of a sudden it peters out and things change. Uh, people change uh people change jobs, people different situations. Well, they actually have something come up on on a, a night right before it, or a lot of stuff happened. So it was just a it was a bunch of things. Yeah, I think people... part of it too. Sorry, Tom. I think part of it too is just how our band Why Whisper was maturing. So as we were kind of getting through that forming stage, and we were really appreciative of having that Thursday gig. Mm -hmm. It was a super opportunity to be in front of people, really challenge yourself and work on that stage presence and work on the things that we needed to work on. And we were starting to get noticed and we were getting booked for other venues as well. Oh, so wow. it was harder for us to reserve time every week. And quite honestly, I, I have a, I have a daughter. Uh -huh. um, so I, I have a, I have a significant amount of my time that's tied up in some family functions as well. So being able to commit to that was, for me personally challenging and we were growing as a band and we were getting more more exposure we were getting <laughs> we were getting noticed and we were getting booked at, at different venues so it was harder to commit to one place you know that right. that um that frequent so it was kind of two things going on and all, where, all positive where were you guys during covid through all of this yeah. was this pre-covid post-covid was this when you were coming out of the throwing into the growing stage or what this was through COVID. Oh, yeah. Okay. This was through COVID. So, like, 
you know, when COVID hit in February, yeah, we started we started playing Coles in in July, and we played right up until October, and then um, you know, I talked I talked with the manager and said we're not playing over the winter. We'll come back here in the spring and, yeah. and play when the patio opens up. So in in April, he called me up and said, "You really need to come back here and start playing here again." just we need help so we came back that april and then played through the entire winter after that and when you say that was the the birthplace of this song lemoncello that was the birthplace of lemoncello no question that's funny no question tell you a story after we hear this song right now we're going to hear lemoncello with why whisper from yarmouth maine on the music of america podcast Oh, find me a new way. 
Why Whisper is our guest. The song was Lemoncello, and boy, do we have some flashback memories from that song. So, kids, this is the section we call Shameless Self-Promotion. And, Lee, I know you do some solo work, and I know, Vanessa, you do not. So, Vanessa, why don't you kick it off and talk about uh, things that are coming up in later November, December. One thing we did talk about is you might, you guys might be on the holiday show and the Music of America podcast if we go through with that. So that's one thing that's coming up. But what else is coming up with Why Whisper over the next uh, six months to a year? Yeah, so and, we're and, definitely... And, and, and do you have CDs that we can buy and where do we buy them? And if you have merch, where do we get that to? There. Yeah, yeah, I'll let Lee talk about merch. He's like kind of our businessman. But I'll okay. talk about for the end of this year, uh, we're super excited to be down at Andy's on Commercial Street down in Portland, Maine. We're going to be there December 22nd. We're always looking to book more things on our calendar, and often those things will just pop up where there's vacancy. We got a lot of flexibility, and it's super fun to just, you know, get a call the night of if the band is dropped out or something's happened, and we can kind of slide in. So uh, that's been really cool. We're going to continue to kind of watch through the winter. I mean, the music scene in Portland is awesome. Uh, we've played down... Uh, uh, Oh, gosh, down at the porthole. That's been awesome. We're hoping to get back down there again. We've been down at Gritty's downtown in Portland. So uh, we'll be posting dates and stuff to our Facebook page. We do have a CD and we're streaming on all uh, music sites. So that's another place where you can find us. And then I'm going to turn it over to Lee because Lee's also got a very, very active solo career, too. And he's got a lot of things coming up um, this year, too. And also just want to plug. Lee Stearns here with me, Vanessa Vigu, and our other counterpart, Jack Barrett, who is our third party for Why Whisper. We can't do this without him. Um, so just wanted to throw his name out there, too. Jack has been so quiet through this entire interview. It's been like he's not even <laughs> here. <laughs> like he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe that's why. Okay, Lee, what's up? And then hit your solo stuff, too, please. Yeah, so for me... Uh... What I got coming up, November 11th, I have a gig at the Barking Chicken in Harrison. I have that gig every month. It's a solo gig. It's a really cool, artsy place in Harrison, Maine. They just do not have that kind of a place up there at all. So uh, it's, a, it's a really cool vibe. Okay. And in the summer, people come there and actually get food to go for their boats. It's right by the lake. It's like a block oh, away from the lake in Maine. It's, it's a, it's, and there's two lakes. And back of it is Crystal Lake, and on the other side is the end of Long Lake. So I have a gig there the 11th of November. I have a gig with a band called Stone Free in Mechanic Falls at the Millhouse Tavern. That's kind of an uh, 8 to 12 thing. Um, what else am I doing? Another Barking Chicken, December 2nd. Uh, Sounds like me tuning a guitar. Right yeah, I'll probably have like um, two Cole gigs, Cole's gigs, like one in November uh -huh. and one in December. I'm shooting for like the 13th or the 20th, but I have to nail that down with the manager. So 
we're not quite there yet. So and Vanessa said, down. Vanessa said you're the one that's going to hype all your merch where you get your merch and all that. Well, we got it. We, we don't have merch. Well, no. All we have is a CD. Come to a gig and get a CD. There you go. We, uh, I'm, I'm one of those old school people that still buy CDs. Okay. Uh, people say, well, nobody really buys them anymore. So, well, I do. It's like that song, Nashville cats. Remember that song, Nashville cats. Nobody I buys do. records. I said, well, I do. And if I go That's to a right. show, I'm going to buy a CD for five or 10 bucks. You get a night of entertainment. You know, you pay a couple bucks for a cover. You buy a couple of cocktails. You spend less than a hundred bucks. You have a great night of entertainment. So yeah. And then at the end of the day, you have one of these, you know, yeah. so we both, we both have CDs. We we've got, got them from, I don't know, disc makers or someplace like that. Yeah. And they were, you know, the, the recordings were mastered and the whole bit. So it's, it's, they sound really good. Sound great in the car. Cool. So yeah. And was everything done with you? Everything done at, uh, at the same uh, place that produced? Well, done at Acadia recording. Acadia, so. that I couldn't think of. Yeah. And then we had, you know, the studio musicians with us, Joe Beninati and uh, um, a really close uh, friend of mine, um, David Joy, who's a bass player. And, uh -huh. uh, you can hear him on all of these songs. He's playing some really interesting stuff. Cool. So... Most of the lead guitar is, is is Jack Barrett on these songs, except for Can't Say. Um, I, I I played the lead guitar on that, on that Taylor I was talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Lee, Vanessa, it's been fun. I don't know where the time goes. <laughs> yes, I do. It goes from my storytelling. That's what happened. <laughs> well, time's fun when you're having flies. <laughs> that, and I... I'm not joking, Tom, and I know Lee and I are going to talk after this. Like, we are taking a trip to Vermont, and we are having so the, a good visit. The I'm week, not kidding. This has to happen. <laughs> the weekend before Halloween, mm -hmm. we have a big Halloween party here. This year, I hired a big band that's coming out. They're going to be playing uh, like music of the 40s, 30s, and 40s, and we're all dressing in 40s attire. Well, not all, but those of us that are crazy enough to dress up. I'm moving back to Missouri in mid-November until mid-April because we spend our winters down there. Uh, it's where my grandkids are. It's where my, my siblings are. It's where her brother is and so on and so forth. And then back up here in April. So the times to come up here is usually after May, but before June because June the mosquitoes start getting nuts. Uh, <laughs> anytime in the summertime if you have a lot of DEET, okay, because the mosquitoes are really nuts. Uh, Two weeks on either side of Columbus Day for foliage. Best times to come up. But if I know you're coming up, give me about a month heads up. Okay. And I will talk to people at different venues around here if you want to play. Now, if you want to just come up and hang out and listen to music, you can do that anytime. You guys are worth three hours away. I was just going to come and jam with you. <laughs> okay. I was got... thinking that too, Lee. I was like, we could just get a little high and jam. But if we actually have an opportunity to play, actually somewhere that would be kind of kind of cool pays too. for the gas pays for the gas that's what i tell people and once you play once you play here you won't ever want to not play here again you want to play here all the time then it's a great place so we'll talk more about that i guess yeah off, off mic so thank yeah. you thank you both it was so much oh, fun having you with us thanks for having us thank you why whisper was their name or is their name from yarmouth maine up next we're going to wrap up our visit to maine with a band called black orange 
You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America. Music of America.